Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Well, we're in a, a series called Overcome, and uh, we're looking at uh, you know aspects of life, circumstances, attitudes in life, and um, trying to discern how do we how do we overcome those. And we've been trying to capture some of those by just using uh, one word. And so today's word is uh, pride. How do we deal with Pride. So, what's the big problem with pride? It's probably uh, the first place we're going to start, and uh, let's just let God speak to us pretty clear. In Proverbs uh, 16, uh, you get kind of a decisive statement about uh, about pride. It says, uh, "Every everyone proud and arrogant in heart is disgusting, hateful, and exceedingly offensive to the Lord." Pretty clear. Not not a great statement about pride, is it? Right? I mean, it's pretty pretty obvious that uh, we got to deal with this word because God has a specific understanding about what happens when pride uh, creeps in and begins to take over uh, our life, right? And so uh, God is pretty clear about it, and we need to understand the power uh, that pride has and how it can indeed become such an influence in our life that it will uh, draw us away. From God, in fact, draws to a point that if if pride takes over our life, we can actually become uh, enemies of God. Just to prove that to you, if you look at Isaiah 14, um, Isaiah 14 says, "You said to yourself, 'I'll climb to heaven and place my throne above the highest stars. I'll sit there with the gods far away in the north. I'll be above the clouds, just like God Most High.' Any idea who he's talking about? Because he's not talking about God." So fascinating. In this particular chapter, Isaiah is talking about how Satan came into existence. He's describing, saying, look, this is what happened to the angel, Satan, when he fell. That that he let pride consume him and decided he wanted to be like God. Why is that important for us? Well, when we go into Genesis 3 and we get the experience with Adam and Eve, of course, what is the promise that lures Eve into taking the apple? It says, but the serpent said to the woman, you're not going to die. For God knows that the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like who? You see how it works? See, this pride thing is an important thing for us to be able to talk about and understand um, uh, how it can creep into our life and how it can become a powerful force. Uh, in our life, if we don't keep pride in the right place, okay? And uh, there is a place for pride, but it's making sure that we keep it uh, in the right place. When pride takes hold of us, unfortunately, pride can allow us to puff ourselves up and put ourselves higher than God, or put ourselves in a position um, that puts ourselves higher than what God wants in our life or what God expects in our life, right? So we uh, look at pride and, and we put ourselves uh, higher and we begin to find justifications for ourselves. So, for instance, I came up with a few. We end up saying things like, uh, I'm not angry, I'm just emotional. Or we come up with, uh, I'm not envious, um, I just uh, want what's coming to me. Or I'm not lustful, I'm just a red-blooded American. Or I'm not greedy, I just like nice things. Right? What's the focus of all that? Well. We're putting ourselves and elevating ourselves and saying, look, we deserve it, right? It's an element of pride where we, we pridefully put ourselves higher 
than being in the right position that we should have with God. And, and then we get an attitude in our life that says things like, you know, I just deserve it. I mean, I know the credit cards are maxed out and I can't afford it, but, you know, I just deserve it. That somehow we elevate ourselves beyond the reason and beyond obedience to what God wants in our life. We've got to be careful about pride. We can go into the scriptures and see pretty clearly how pride becomes that, that uh, elevation of ourself at the expense of our relationship uh, with God. And it creates distance between us and God, and it limits God's ability to be able to bring blessing into our life. When we elevate ourselves higher, we separate ourselves uh, from God. If you look at the experience in the Old Testament, in Second Chronicles 26 of King Uzziah, it's just a graphic example of how this works in our life. Uh, we get King Uzziah, and uh, King Uzziah was, uh, was, when he started out at least, uh, a good king. He was a good king. He, uh, he had established the borders of Israel. He had finally defeated their enemies, the Philistines. Uh, he had brought prosperity to his people and prosperity to himself. Uh, he had also, you know, built up the kingdom and the army in the kingdom so no, none of the enemies of Israel would ever attack. I mean, King Uzziah had Israel at a really great place. And when you look at Second Chronicles 26... It kind of sums up the, the experience of how good things are for King Uzziah by saying, God helped Uzziah become more and more powerful, and he was famous all over the world. Was Uzziah in a good place? Absolutely, right? God had brought him to just this great place in his life. But look what happens next to Uzziah. Uzziah became, there's our word, right? Uzziah became proud. He became proud. He became proud of his power. And this led to his downfall. What caused the downfall of Uzziah? His pride, right? His pride got in the way. Why? Because he elevates himself higher than what God expects in his life. He elevates himself higher than being in an obedient follower relationship with God, And it becomes so obvious. One day, Uzziah disobeyed the Lord his God by going into the temple and burning incense as an offering to him. Uzziah got so puffed up in himself that he, he put himself in that place of going in and offering uh, the offering to God, which was reserved for only the priests of Aaron. But Uzziah put himself in that place. He put himself higher. He got puffed up in himself. And he put himself higher. See, this is what pride does. Pride becomes so self-focused. We become so self-aware that we forget to be God-aware. We forget to keep ourselves in that right relationship of obedience to what God wants uh, in our life. Uzziah forgets to stay in the right relationship with God and instead elevates himself. The outcome, obviously Uzziah now is distant from God and all the prosperity that Uzziah had experienced in his relationship with God is now lost. What happens to Uzziah is he gets afflicted with leprosy because of his pride. He gets afflicted with leprosy 
and the disease of leprosy drives him out of the castle. Uh, it drives him to the point that when Uzziah dies, he's so outcast that he can't be buried in the burial grounds of the king. He's buried in just another place. You see the distance that's been created between him and God and God's ability to bring prosperity into his life? This, this is the way it works, right? When, when pride takes hold of us and, and we put ourselves in that higher position, we get the order wrong. We get ourselves out of the order of being a follower of Christ. We get ourselves out of the order of being obedient to Christ. And instead we put our needs, at least our attitude of what we think our needs are, higher than what God asks of us. Pride distances us from God. And because it distances us from God, it also limits God's ability to bring prosperity into our life. See, now you sit there this morning and say, boy, that's a great message, Pastor, and, and I'm not even close to that. I'm just staying right in that right relationship with God, and I'm not being prideful at all. I'm putting all of God's needs first. Well, let me give you a challenge. You ready for a check? Here's just a quick check in your life. It is the most obvious check that we Christians can make on our pride level, on whether we're putting our needs first and our wants first before God's. Ready for the check? Check and see when you get your giving statement at the end of this year and you're doing your taxes, did you put God first and give 10%? I mean, that's the check. I can't avoid it. It's, it that's the obedience, right? Or, or did you look at your financial situation and say, well, you know, I know God asked that of me, but but I need this, or I want that, or it's more important for me to have this, or it's more important for me to have that. You see the relationship? We put ourselves higher. We get prideful in what, what's important about us and for us, and we put God lesser. When we do that, it's like King Uzziah. When we do that, we create distance between us and God, and we limit God's ability to bring prosperity into our life. It's, it's just the way it works. We've got to just understand this. Just, we don't share this with you because somehow, you know, the coffers are, are bad here at Christ Church. We share it because this, this is the element of walking faithfully. This is what it's about. And if you want a quick check about your pride, there it is. There's the check. What God wants us to do is to walk humbly with Him. And we walk humbly with Him, you'll see He promises us the prosperity that we need, everything that we need to be in that faithful position. But what happens to us is we get captured by this pride. And this pride then distorts our self-view. It distorts the way we look at ourselves. And it's often captured around our prosperity. In Deuteronomy 8, Deuteronomy 8 is that place where the people of God are getting ready to go in and take over the land. Okay, They're getting ready to finally get to the promised land finally go in and take over the land. And so uh, they go over. Now, listen, we're going to go in and take over the land. And when you get in there, you're going to have wells that you didn't dig. And you're going to have vineyards that you didn't plant. You're going to have all kinds of prosperity. And it's followed by, but when all this happens, don't be proud. See that? When all this happens, don't be proud. Don't forget that you were once slaves in Egypt. Then it was the Lord who set you free. What happens in our pride often? We lose a good self-view. We get puffed up in ourselves and we elevate ourselves and we forget 
once everything comes in our life. That, that was the warning to these people as they go in and take the land. Remember, remember now how he led you in that huge and frightening desert where poisonous snakes and scorpions lived. There was no water, but the Lord split open a rock and water poured out so you could drink. He also gave you manna, a kind of food your ancestor had never heard about. The Lord was testing you to, to make you trust him so that later on he could be good to you. Why were they in the desert and why were they going through this experience of wandering? Because God already had the promised land reserved for him, right? He already had the promised land. Their reservation was in. But they went through the wilderness to be in that right relationship of obedience, of, of being dependent, of following God, being in that right relationship and not being too puffed up. And now when they go in and take over the land, what's the temptation? To be prideful and to put themselves higher. And look at the warning at the end in 17. When you become successful, don't say, I'm rich and I've earned it all myself. What's he telling them? Don't forget, don't forget who you are. Don't, don't, go, don't get puffed up, so puffed up on yourself. If you get whatever you have, whatever you are, comes from God's grace. It comes from God's work in your life. Don't get so uh, arrogant and puffed up that you forget the times that you've been in the desert and how God has provided for you in even those most difficult of times. It's a warning about our pride. And our pride can distance us from God and it can distort our own view of ourselves. The other thing pride does is obvious. Pride creates distance between us and other people, right? In Proverbs 18 says, Pride leads to destruction. Humility leads to honor. Or Proverbs 27, don't brag about yourself. Let others praise you. How many folks like to hang out with people that only talk about themselves? Didn't think so, right? I mean, that gets old pretty fast, right? Of course it does, right? Why? Well, because it's pride, and, and it's just we're predisposed in, in being a Christ follower, at least, to say, wait, we're supposed to walk in humility, right? And so the reality is when we get puffed up on ourselves, not only does it create distance between us and God, but our pride also creates distance between us and other people. Pride can be one of those places that just creates that vacuum in our life, that distance between us and God, between us and God's ability to work and be prosperous in our life, and between uh, other people. So what do we do? You ready for that? What do we do? I mean, the title of the series is Overcome. So how do we overcome pride? Here's where we start. We overcome pride be, by becoming uh, aware of others more than ourselves. By practicing what I call up here, other pride. Right? Practice other pride. Instead of building yourself up, the scripture would say, listen, you don't, you don't have to spend time being prideful about yourself. What you need to do is spend time building other people up. If you want to experience pride, experience a pride that transfers to other people, not to self. Philippians, Paul says, don't be jealous or proud, be humble, and consider others more important than yourself. What are we supposed to do? Well, we overcome our own self-pride, and, and we keep pride you know, in that right position as long as we keep our focus on somebody else. And we just make a dedication to build other people up and not 
to build ourselves up. The scripture would say that we do that because, well, that, that's what Jesus did. And Jesus is the example. It says Christ was truly God, but he didn't try to remain equal with God. Instead, he gave up everything. He became a slave. When he became like one of us, Christ was humble, not proud. Christ was humble, and he obeyed God, and he even died on a cross. Then God gave Christ the highest place and honor his name above all others. You see how it works? You see, if we practice other pride, if we, we build other people up, right? We keep ourselves in that right, obedient position with God. Now our relationship with God is able to flow and prosperity is able to flow to us because we're in that right position and we're also focusing on others. We're, we're building other people up. And that makes our relationships with others also prosper. We overcome when we focus on other pride. We also overcome when we focus on what I call Christ esteem, right? I mean, we're in a culture right now where we tell all our kids, now, you got to have a good self-esteem. Have we heard this before? Right? Make sure you have a good self-esteem, right? Well, I, I don't know about the whole self-esteem thing, but what I can tell you is if you are a Christ follower, the key for us is not self-esteem. The key for us is Christ esteem. Remember what pride does? Pride distorts our view of ourself, Right? If we're not captured in that pride, then we can have a clear view of ourselves and we can also understand what Christ can do and has done in our lives. Let me show you. Romans 7 is a great example of, uh, of the way that works. It's the Apostle Paul. He says, the, the law has shown me that something in me keeps me from doing what I know is right. With my whole heart, I agree with the law of God. But in every part of me, I discover Something fighting against my mind, and it makes me a prisoner of sin that controls everything I do. Does he have a pretty good self-awareness going here? He does, right? And, and look, look at his self-view in verse 24. His self-view says, what a miserable person I am. That's his self-view. He's got a pretty clear self-view of, of who he is, doesn't he? It's not self-esteem. He understands who he is without Christ working in his life. But what does he also understand? He also understands Christ's esteem. Look at verse 25. Thank God Jesus Christ will rescue me. Where's his esteem come from? Not what he does, not who he is, but what Christ has done for him. This is the key for us. We overcome pride when we don't need to build ourselves up. When instead, we can just rejoice in and revel in who we are because of who Christ makes us. It's not about how I have to build myself up. It's about who God has made me to be in Christ Jesus. Because I am a child of God, I can rejoice in who I am. Because Christ died for me and now lives in me, I can rejoice in, in who I am. You see, it's not about who I am in my own person. It's who God's made me. If you look at Galatians 2, it says, um, it was the law itself that killed me and freed me from its power so that I could live for God. I have been nailed to the cross with Christ. I have died, but what? Christ lives in me. Is that Christ's esteem? Sure, his self-worth is not tied up in his pride in himself or his esteem in terms of himself. His self-worth is tied up where? Because of who he is, because of what Christ has done. 
we put pride back in its right place when we get our esteem from who we are because of what Christ has done for us. Because of who we can be. That's why we can say, I can do all things through Christ who lives in me. That's Christ's esteem. We, we can be on the edge of what God wants us to accomplish. We can continue to reach forward. Why? Because we have such incredible confidence in who Christ is in our life. It's Christ's esteem. It says, I don't need to puff myself up because I know who I am. And more importantly, I know who I am in Christ Jesus. We overcome pride when we concentrate on Christ's esteem. Last one. We overcome pride when we seek what I call holy pride. Right? When we seek holy pride. And, and holy pride is something that God himself even displays. Right? And we can see it in Matthew 25. It's in the, the parable of the servants and the talents. It says, the master was full of praise, right? So he's proud of this guy. He's full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Does it sound like the master is proud of the servant? It does, doesn't it? I mean, he's, he's, he's proud of his servant, right? Exactly. What does it mean for us? We practice holy pride when we understand and we give praise and we always point to and we are proud of the God we follow. I mean, you want to be proud? Be proud and always point to everything in your life, not in your own work, but what God is doing in your life. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's our pride. Our pride is not pride in ourselves. Our pride is pride in our God. Our pride is, is when somebody comes up and says, Man, that's fantastic. You know, how did that happen in your life? Or how do you keep doing that? Or, Man, that's just fantastic. I'm, and that's so wonderful what you did. What's the key for us? Yeah, you know, it's just an amazing gift of God, isn't it? God is so great. God is so awesome. For us, it's to be able to point our pride in the right direction. Is to say that everything that we are and everything that we got comes because of the one who has claimed us in Jesus Christ. Our pride is about God, not about ourselves. It's to think about pointing to God in everything that we do. James 4 says, Be humble in the Lord's presence and he will honor you. Our role is to be humble and point to Him, right? Or this is the best one, Proverbs 22. The reward of humility and the reverent and worshipful fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Sound good? Riches and honor and life. What's the key to riches, honor, and life in Proverbs 22? Be proud of God. Be proud of God. It's for us to be able to say everything that comes in our life is because of this incredible God who's at work in our life. I, mean, I do that all the time around here with, with, with Christ Church and everything that's happened at Christ Church. You know, it's not my doing. This is totally God's doing, right? I just get the joy of being part of it. It's totally what He has done. I just get the joy 
of the prosperity of it. It's totally what he has done. I, I just get the joy of being able to watch other people experience what he's doing in their life. You see how that works? It's being able to just step back from our life and say, listen, if, if I'm going to be proud, I'm going to be proud of God. I'm going to be proud of God in everything that God has done in my life. We overcome pride when we keep in that right relationship of obedience and we just keep pointing to the God that we know and the God that we love. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for your willingness to uh, just be our God, to be so incredible, uh, to love us so much. And uh, we ask today that you would look beyond our weakness. Help us to have a, a real view of ourselves that, that just leads us to the cross and leads us to desire you more. Help us to keep pride in the right place because we keep you in the right place above all things. Father, we come to you today. We just pray that you would uh, just teach us to walk humbly before you and to lift up you before others. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.